Good afternoon, everyone. Okay, I'm going to make this quick so that um, it'll all be over real soon. So uh, just bear with me. But again, as I um, as I as it was announced, I am Everly Rose, and I'm very happy to have been asked to be part of this this year's workshop. I attended the one last year and uh, and got an invitation to come to this one. So I'm very happy to be here today. My assigned topic is, um, but before I get started, let me just give you a little bit more information about myself. Uh, I grew up, uh, uh, as it was said, in North Carolina, but I have lived for the last 30-some years in Cincinnati, Ohio, graduated from Xavier University, spent 20 years working in the field of human resources, and the last 13 years in the nonprofit arena. Uh, I am a supporter of the jail ministry, uh, program. We've had one at our congregation for as long as I can remember. I don't go into the jails, but uh, the ladies' Bible class, uh, we provide stamps so that we can give to the chaplaincy program. They give the stamps to the inmates and they're able to write their families outside. So that's how I support them. Um, and I also have some personal experience with incarceration. Unfortunately, I have two nephews that are incarcerated right now. So I stay in touch with them, I write them and try to encourage them um, and do all that I can for them. My assigned topic is finding resources for female returning citizens in tough time. One of the things I like to do, I like helping people, I like motivating them and inspiring them to be the best that they can be. And in my last job, I actually had the chance of doing that every day. I worked for an organization called Cincinnati Works. It's nonprofit, and I was the career, uh, director of career development. So individuals that came to Cincinnati Works, in most cases, had had exhausted all avenues of finding employment. I had the opportunity to work with people who had all kinds of barriers to employment: um, lack of skills, education criminal convictions and poor work history. Um, and many of them, as I said, you know, came to us kind of as a last hope. The uh, founders, I want to say a little bit about Cincinnati Works. The founders of Cincinnati Works had a, a philosophy about people. They just, uh, they believed that no one should live in poverty, including the person that had been incarcerated. And um, they believed that through employment, individuals could basically work their way out of poverty and into self-sufficiency, um, become taxpayers and productive citizens without the support of public assistance. And so their passion and that philosophy is basically what drives all of the services that are offered by Cincinnati Works. So for all of us, those of us that are involved in the jail ministries, uh, we volunteer and help in programs that are aimed at helping people re-enter, in particular females, re-enter the community. We have to believe that same thing, that they have the right to come back, be productive citizens in their community. Uh, that philosophy really should be behind everything that we do. We have to believe that so I'm really glad that a lot of the topics this week, this weekend, has been centered around reentry, coming back. 
I recently read a quotation that, um, that said, understanding is the first step to acceptance, and only with acceptance can there be recovery. J.K. Rowland. So as I read that, I started thinking about our theme, let the wise hear and increase in learning. In other words, let us listen, listen with attention and um, so that we can increase our knowledge progressively. The knowledge that females returning to society help, need help in accessing, accessing the resources that are vital t for them to be successful as they make their reentry. Only until we truly understand the challenges that are faced by female returning citizens as they try to re-enter society that we become wise. We have to believe, we have to accept that there is a problem, and then secondly, that there is work for us to do. The harvest is plenty, Matthew 9, 37 and 38. And if I can, I wanna borrow a quotation from a friend of mine, a, an author. He says, all we need is a cadre of dedicated and committed workers who are willing to make a relatively small sacrifice. So just think, the little things that we do, the small sacrifice, we can make a big impact on people's lives. The King James Version in the Bible puts it this way. A wise man will hear and increase learning. A wise man will hear and will increase learning. And a man of understanding shall attain unto counsel. Proverbs 1 and 5. The bottom line, we know that there are challenges to reentry, don't we? I mean, we've heard that in, in a lot of different uh, sessions. And there's documented research that states that because of their high level of need, female offenders are likely to encounter tremendous obstacles when they re-enter the community after serving time. So we must take heed to and act upon the information that we know and do whatever we can to help the female returning citizen. Uh, over the past three decades, the number of women in American prisons have increased more than eightfold. That's a lot. And according to the American Jail Association, in a 2008 report, more than one million women are involved in or under the custody and control of the criminal justice system. And as of 2012, the number of women in local jails alone was over 90,000. So somebody told me as I was putting this together about statistics, somebody said, oh, you know, they all made up. Well, I don't know if they're made up or not. I actually read all this information and did the research. So these are the numbers that I came up with. <coughs> the Bureau of Justice Statistics reports that as of December 31, 2013, in the federal and state prisons in the United States, there were over one million. 1,574,700 prisoners, and that was male and female. And for females of that number, 111,287. <laughs> so uh, that was the same, uh, the same statistics for females. And at some point, the Bureau also talks about that there were 590,400 inmates that have been released on an annual basis from state and federal prisons. So again, the harvest is plenty. The harvest is plenty. Let's see, did I put everything up there? 
According to um, Dr. Stephanie Covington, she's the uh, co-director of the Center for Gender and Justice, every piece of the experiences of being in the criminal justice system differs between men and women. And this is where the problem lies. Because most of the programs that are out there are really designed with the male prisoner in mind. And so there is a, there's a lackage right there. Because the need of female prisoners are unique and different than those of the male prisoners, researchers, former inmates, and prison reform advocates are calling upon the women facilities to do more than just replicate the system that is designed for men. In Ohio, the Department of Rehabilitation and Corrections is taking on that challenge of reentry. And in 2002, they released a comprehensive report called the Ohio Plan. It was a culmination of a major review that is uh, of what is being done and what needs to be done to support the return of prisoners to the community. And currently, efforts are being implemented uh, based on those recommendations from that plan. Reentry under the Ohio plan doesn't just signify letting the offender go. Um, it requires that the offenders be prepared to be released. They have to be better at the time of release than at the time of admission. So consequently, they have adopted a very unique slogan. Reentry means going home to stay. I kind of like that. So at the very core of the department's approach is the notion that reentry re is a philosophy, not a program. Anybody know the difference between a philosophy and a program? Want to take a stab at it? Yes. Well, philosophy would be something that you would do for life. Yeah. Okay. Anybody else? Yes. You, the program is built around the philosophy. Great. Anybody else? So I have some definitions just to make sure that we're all on the same page. Okay? So uh, reentry is simply that process, leaving prison and coming back into the community. All right? Philosophy is a particular set of ideas about knowledge, truth, the nature and the meaning of life. It's a set of ideas of how to do something, how something should be done, a way of life. And then a program is a plan a plan of action, things that, that are to be done in order to achieve a, a specific result. So what that tells me is that we can't just cre create programs, put people through them, and expect that's it. We can't do that. Reentry for us, again, as prison and jail workers, volunteers, has to become a philosophy to us, a standard of how things are to be done. It has to become a way of life for us. The Ohio Reformatory for Women, since we are talking about women, is the, um, the largest women's facility in Ohio. And right now it houses about 2,300 um, inmates located in Marysville, Ohio. They have two missions. First is the reduction of violence, and the second one is a reduction in recidivism. So a, a comment that was made by the warden, the true measure of how successful we are is that people don't come back to our facility. And to achieve that, 
female inmates are encouraged to nourish their minds while they're at the reformatory. They have over 110 programs that they can be part of. Reentry must start before release. I want to talk a little bit about the plight of reentering. The programming offered to women while incarcerated is usually modeled, as I said before, after the male prisoner. But as a group, women are often overlooked with regard to reentry re programming. Women who do return to their communities from correction facilities, um, they have to comply with conditions of probation, parole, they have to achieve financial stability, they have to access medical help, health, uh, health care, locate housing, and try to reunite with their families. They have to find employment, and a lot of times they don't have any skills or very little. They lack education, and um, or they have a very sporadic work history, so they really don't have a lot to offer the employers at the time. So to find safe uh, housing that is drug-free is difficult, and in many cases, they have to try to maintain recovery themselves from addiction. So however, uh, many women find themselves when they do come out homeless or they're in environments that are not conducive to the <coughs> kind of uh, life that they should be living. So uh, one important point about reentry is this. Without strong support in the community to help navigate the multiple systems and agencies, many fall back into substance abuse and criminal activity. Okay, so that's just one of the problems with re-entering. A majority of the women in the correctional system are mothers. So a majority of them, uh, their major consideration is reunification with their children. And to some researchers, this adds a an additional level of burden on the woman um, because a lot of the requirements for her to become uh, financially stable, find adequate housing and health care is all based around the need of her children. So that's a added burden. So another problem here is that there is little or no coordination among the systems that a re-entering woman must navigate. No coordination whatsoever. So that causes them problems. And there are a lot of um, conflicting expectations about the woman, and so that increases the risk for relapse and recidivism. Now in 2009, the National Institute of Justice issued a, a report, and it concluded that female offenders differ from male offenders, and they have unique treatment needs. Uh, they funded a multi-site evaluation that uh, looked at the effect the programs had on the re-entry, uh, accessing these, these uh, programs. They looked at housing, education, employment, and criminal behavior. And they kind of bunched the, the measurements into uh, five categories. And those five categories were services to help with transition. Uh, I think I was in a session earlier today where they talked about transition, you know, getting the proper IDs so that they can go back to work, driver's license and those kinds of things. So women need help with that. 
health care services. They looked at that, employment, which included education and life skills, violent related services. Uh, a lot of times women have had some domestic related issues with a, a spouse <coughs> or a male figure and then child related services. So they grouped everything into those five categories. They took a group of 357 women and they interviewed them at four different intervals. 30 days before they were released, then again at three months, nine months, and 15 months. Um, when they looked at both, both groups, women in both groups indicated that their highest needs were in category number three, which was employment, education, and life skills, and category number one. That's where their greatest needs uh, were. The experimental group, there were two groups. One of them, 43% of those women received some, um, a higher level service. And then the other 57% just got treatment as usual from the different facilities where they were housed. And uh, although they showed some improvement, there was still, there was still lacking. The experimental group received higher level service in two categories, which was employment and substance abuse, while the other group did not. And the findings from the evaluation suggested that provision and delivery of pre and post release services is very difficult. And somebody said that earlier too in one of the sessions. This is difficult work, this is tough work. So it's a difficult task to render those kinds of services. And then their high level of need far outweighed the services that they were receiving. So their need was here and the services were there. You know, they had the different services but it were not meeting the women's needs, all right? So the conclusion here is that women receive so few services compared to what they need that it's a little wonder that they don't do any better when they come out of uh, prison. Okay, but some progress is being made. I did find that. <laughs> um, there is now customized education and training programs. Um, at least in this particular uh, research that I was looking at. So it still needs to happen, you know, all over, but there are some customized education and training. Uh, they're now in the uh, prisons where there's male and female, they're now using female officers to supervise showering and personal care. Prior to that, I mean, it could be, could be a male uh, officer there. There are support groups to foster healthy connections with one another. They find that that is something high on the women's list of needs. They need that connection, they need the bonding, the fostering of, of healthy relationships. And then some prisons have established nurseries to allow women to care for young children during a portion of their sentence. So they're trying to meet some of the needs that way. Anybody have any questions? Okay, so this is all about finding resources, right, for women. So where do we look? So now that we know that there is a need for reentry, uh, they need help coming back to the community, they need help in accessing the services that are out there. So where do we look for these services? And let me see. Okay. Um, believe it or not, United Way. Everybody in here familiar with United Way? 
Okay, so every hour of every day, hundreds of people need just the basic human, human, human services. They're looking for housing, for food, for training, for help with employment. Um, and United Way connects people with important community services. And it's also a lot of volunteer opportunities there. 211, it's an easy number to remember and it's universal. It's all over. The other one is Goodwill. Goodwill is a great resource as well. And I think most of the cities and states have a Goodwill. Goodwill meets the need of all job seekers in all categories, young, old, disabled, veterans, and those with criminal convictions. Last year, United Way helped more than 9.8 million people train for different careers. So it's a great resource. The other one, very familiar, maybe, the Salvation Army. Are you probably familiar with them? Salvation Army, doing the most good. Their mission basically is to feed, clothe, comfort, and care. Just the real basic needs. But United Way provides a great, great resource there. Then you have Volunteers of America. Volunteers of America. I have to say about that. This is the charity that usually steps up and, and helps those that are most vulnerable. And over the last 119 years, Volunteers of America have taken on the most difficult task to help the most underserved. They have um, several focus areas, one being basic needs, the other is community outreach. Uh, they also have correctional reentry services. They do housing, mental health, senior living and care, and as well as substance abuse. Then you have your Department of Corrections. Uh, that's that governmental agency that's responsible for everybody that's incarcerated. So it's important to note that all states, all states have some form of pre-release programs and transitional services. All of them are intended to ease the uh, transition for the inmate back into society. Uh, this, you might not be able to see this one too well, but uh, that is the Federal Bureau of uh, Prisons, the BOP. I heard somebody use that acronym earlier today. And basically what they do, they contract with a lot of the residential re-entry uh, re services. The halfway houses, that was mentioned earlier, halfway houses, so the BOP contracts with them. Uh, but the only problem there is that there's limited space. They have so many, so many beds, so many facilities, so that's, that's the issue with that, but they do uh, contract with the halfway houses. The next one is a national, the National Reentry Resource Center. And what I found here when I went to that site, if you would click on that, uh, it's divided by, um, you might be able to find your state there, and you click there, and then it opens, opens up and it shows you the resources that are available in your state. Now, a lot of these resources, you have to do a little, um, a deeper dive. So once you get to the site, you have to just keep, keep digging, keep looking, and uh, find those resources. I think I have another one, a couple more. The National Resource Center for Justice-Involved Women is another site. It provides a lot of training, so not just for uh, the inmates, but any service provider. Um, 
a lot of training that is there and a lot of uh, reports have been done and they're housed here on this site so you get a lot of statistics and a lot of current information. And then the last one uh, is the Women's um, Prison Association, the Women Prison Association. Let's see what did I have about that one. They offer a, uh, an integrated continuum of services that supports women um, as they obtain work, uh, safe housing, uh, drug treatment, and as well as physical and mental health care. And then my last one is Fair Shake Resource, a Reentry Resource Center. I don't know, is anybody familiar with this site? It's more of an online resource center, but uh, they also have a resource, a reentry resource guide that if you click on that, it provides the list of services that you can obtain uh, through their site as well. Okay. Now I went to the Ohio site. I'm not sure if I can, uh, I'm not sure if I can get to, I was gonna try to do that online to pull it up so that you can see it. But um, Ohio, on the Ohio Department of Rehabilitation and Corrections, they have a reentry resource guide. And I actually printed it off. It's about 12 pages, and it's all divided and categorized into the, um, the different uh, needs. They start out by listing a lot of transitional services. So again, this guide is online. It can be accessed by the individual that's coming back into society or anybody that's working with them so that you can know where the resources are. It lists the, uh, the facility, the address, the phone number, and the website. And sometimes they have a contact name on there as well. But I thought this was really, really good. Yes? What did you say you This is called the Reentry Resource Guide. It's for uh, Ohio. But other states have them as well. I went to the Tennessee site and they have a resource um, guide there online and it's um, divided by categories, counseling, financial help, all of that. You click on that particular link and it opens it up and lists all of the locations that are there that are available for um, services. Okay. Uh, any questions? Yes. Right. Why they're going to prison? Why the number is increasing? Yeah. A, a lot. Um, a lot of women are in prison because of uh, crimes like um, theft. I mean, just you know. They're, they're not major, they're not serious crimes. They're not murdering and killing people. Therefore, theft, um, writing bad checks, yeah, forgery, those kinds of things. Trying to, uh, if, there are, if they have a drug problem, is to get money to support their habit. Mm -hmm. Yes? A lot of that is because of the relationships they Okay. Uh, women have been truly, truly victimized. Mm-hmm. Okay. Especially when there are situations where you got a man and a woman in the car, he's got some drugs, and guess what he's going to do? Mm -hmm. He's going to put it on her, especially mm -hmm. if the situation is that he's a 
previous offender. Mm -hmm. So in order for him to get he Right. So she gets victimized that way. Right. And they buy into it. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay, and women uh, tend to be, I don't know, they're just more susceptible because we're emotional beings and we can easily be bought into uh, thinking that, well, I'll just go ahead and do it because he loves me. I'll just go ahead and do that. And we give in to that and it gets us in trouble. Yes. Okay. We also can't overlook that substance abuse is causing a lot of women to end up behind. Right, right. Whatever it takes. They have They'll a certain amount of it and that's enough to put them behind bars. Right, right. Okay. Why do you have all of these uh, resources for reentering? Uh-huh. What is what's available to women to before you get find yourself in that position? You see you hit it that way. Okay. What can you do to prevent being in a situation where you Okay. I think um, I don't know if you are, are you referring to maybe um, employment. You know, women what somebody has just hit rock bottom and they right. have no other way to go, and right. so they say, "Well, I'm just going to go and." Well, I know that there are some things that you know. Some some women are they have everything is on them. They have several children. Right. They don't have, like you said, lack of education, mm -hmm. skills, things yeah. of that nature, and they find themselves doing things, uh, stealing them. If know, they are, if they are a, a parent, they're they're happy. going to do that. To, no, I'm talking to, to support a happy okay. they have, rather well, than taking care of their children. So, one thing I could think would be uh, drug treatment if you can get them into a treatment program. And they have to admit themselves. Right? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yes. Well, one of the things I work with women, and one of the things that, um, I mean, it's not the answer, but it's the beginning, is a plan. Because I think if, if somebody can help somebody else with a plan, because I think sometimes people don't think they have options. Okay. So mm -hmm. they make poor decisions based on, well, this is the only option I have. Mm -hmm. And they need somebody to come alongside and say, wait, there are other options. You know, and let's start list. They'll do it for them, but engage them and start listing what are the options. And that's empowering them, women, to say, you know, I didn't, I don't have to depend upon a man for what I want because that's part of the problem. Right. Is that they, because they want that, that American dream. They want the husband, the house. They the want it all. I mean, that's not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. but it isn't a realistic thing for where you are right now. Okay. I think that's when mentoring and things like that come in. 
Okay. I think uh, before I get your question, the, one of the things that we did, I, as I mentioned, I worked for an organization called Cincinnati Works. And so a lot of times we would get women in uh, there that would really feel like they have no other place to go. And so along with finding, helping them to find employment, one of the things that we helped them to do is to develop a plan. That job coach would sit down and help them to develop a plan. Okay, so we're going to get you a job now. What, you know, what do you want to do next? And we helped develop a plan and then bring them in periodically to review the plan to see where we are and what we need to do. So I think, as this lady has said, they have to have a plan. What is it that they want? And if they can um, associate themselves with some organization like the Cincinnati Works and here is Hope Works, you know, if they can get that kind of help, that mentoring, that coaching, then I think they can be on their way to, you know, building a better life for themselves. Skills too. These agencies, uh, you know, we help ladies. Um, if they didn't have the education that they needed, we knew where those resources were. We didn't provide it on site, unlike I think HopeWorks provides that. Um, that training. So there are organizations out there that they could be associated with that they can get the help that they need. I think you had a question. I was going to say, because I am a recovering addict and also a survivor of domestic violence and substance abuse, is that, you know, before any of the plan and any of that started for me, I had to surrender all. Okay. I had to be willing okay. to, uh, to sit down with somebody who would, would, uh, would help me with a plan. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, you know, uh, women like myself have gone through that. We know, we know the, the resources. We have heard them. People have come to us over and over mm -hmm. again about this is where you can go for it to get some treatment for your substance abuse. But these are, here are the women who can help you uh, with your uh, domestic, with the domestic violence that's going on. Mm -hmm. And as I stated in a uh, class uh, session I was in earlier, is that everything that was going on with me, the domestic violence and the substance abuse was not my problem. I was my problem. Mm -hmm. So before I can execute the plan, mm -hmm. I got to get down to my core issue. I can be the CEO in a corporation. If I got some problems, I might go get me a right. drink every day after work. Mm -hmm. You know, I may go home to that man who's uh, an abuser or that daughter or that son because children abuse parents today too. Yeah. So, you know, until I get down to that core issue, I can't execute those plans. Those right. resources can be out there, but until I get to my core, so it starts with self. Yeah, it starts with self. I have okay. to surrender all. Right, okay. Anybody else? But yes. A lot of times, and I don't mean no harm for this, I agree with you, but a lot of times, I think that's why we get in where we get into now because when I was there, there wasn't nobody to tell me about what you said, okay? So what I'm saying though, what we're doing now to help these ladies that's going to come out, they don't know what's out there when they're going. So they have to learn who to talk to, what to go to. That's all I'm saying. I agree with you, baby, but a lot of times, you guys, some don't know. They don't talk to people who make homeless out there. You know, you just out there. So now I agree with what I'm doing right now, I want to do because I know they need to know. Yeah. Okay, all right, good. Now I do have a um, one handout. It's a list of resources for women and reentry resources. Now, again, I pulled it, um, it, it 
comes from Cincinnati, from Ohio. So, but I do think some of the websites on there will be applicable to other locations. So my granddaughter has them, and I only have a few. Uh, I think I have about 29 or 30 copies. So for those of you that want it, if you raise your hand, she'll give you one of those. But it's a list of resources for women, okay? So I'll let Aaliyah do that. Hmm? A list of re-entry resources for women. It's it's for Ohio, but it probably it probably will include all states. But I got it from from my resource in Ohio. Okay, <laughs> but I think I looked at some of them, some of the sites, and I think it apply right national sites. Okay, all right. Um, now I've covered about I went over about ten different uh, resources. Some of them you were very familiar with, but there are a ton of other researches uh, resources that are out there. There are a ton of them out there. And there's still a lot of research that needs to be done to ensure that the services that are provided match the need. And that's so critical. It has to match the need. Um, so I trust and I, I hope that the information that I have been able to share has been helpful in some way. But before I take my seat, I do have one last thing I want to share with you. And it's called the, uh-oh. Uh <laughs> the starfish story. <laughs> okay, once upon a time, there was a wise man. Uh, he used to go to the ocean to do his writing. And he had the habit of just walking along the beach before he began his work. One day as he was walking along the shore, he looked down the beach and he saw what looked like a human figure uh, that was dancing and he smiled to himself and he said hmm the thought of someone who would be dancing the day away so he walked a little faster uh, to catch up and as he got closer he noticed that the figure was that of a young man and what he was doing was not dancing at all instead he was reaching down to the shore picking up a small object and he was throwing it into the ocean so he came closer still, and he said, good morning, good morning. May I ask, what are you doing? And the young man paused and looked and replied, hmm, throwing starfish back into the ocean. He said, I must ask then, why are you throwing starfish into the ocean? He was somewhat startled, and the young man said, well, the sun is up, and the tide is going out, and if I don't throw them in, they'll die. Upon hearing this, the wise man commented, but young man, do you not realize there are miles and miles of beach and there are starfish all along every mile. You can't possibly make a difference. Well, at this, the young man bent down, picked up another starfish and threw it into the ocean. And as it met the water, he said, it made a difference in that one. Okay. okay, so I shared that story with you because all of us in this room that work in the jail and prison ministries, we may get tired and weary and even frustrated at times, especially when someone slips back 
and goes back into criminal activity. But we can't give up. We can't give up. Um, if we accept the fact that females, in this case we're talking about today, females returning to the community after prison have tremendous challenges and they deserve to be able to come back to their communities and their families and be productive citizens, then we will move and act upon the knowledge that we have. Knowing that just one person, if one person is successful in returning to their community, we will have made a difference in that one. I thank you for your time. And are there any last questions or comments? Great. Yes. Can I have a date? <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> oh, that was one. <laughs>